You're listening to the North Parkway Podcast, weekly talks designed to help you take the next step in your spiritual journey. You can learn more about our church at northparkway.org. And if these talks are helpful to you, consider using the link in the description to give. Your financial support helps us continue to make great content. All right, well, that's enough intro. Let's get to today's talk. This is not how I thought things would turn out. Ever thought that before? Ever had one of those moments? You look at what happens, like you get up onto the stage and you forget to turn your microphone on. Um, That happens to me every once in a while. Um, It's a terrible feeling, though, when you look and you had all of these hopes and expectations and then things didn't turn out like you wanted. Show of hands here. Anybody ever have a vacation moment where you say, this is not how I thought things would turn out? (laughs) The reason that we were in the Bahamas, John and Deborah, is because we were supposed to go to Mexico on our cruise, and a plane crashed in the port right as we were about to get on the ship. (laughs) Change of plans. Turns out Bahamas was pretty nice. Okay, Uh, Some of you guys know, though, you've been on vacation, you know what that's like. Um, How about this one? Anybody ever step out of the hair salon and look at the mirror and say this is not how I thought things would turn out yeah sometimes that's been me good thing is hair grows back for most of us (laughs) okay sometimes it's bad um We've all had those moments. Maybe you tried a recipe online and you had the whole family gather around the table and you said, oh, this is not how I thought this recipe would turn out. It's so spicy I can't breathe. That's been me before. Uh, Or your favorite show decides to come back with season five and they completely lose their mind and kill off major characters and you say, this is not how I thought this show would turn out. There are lots of moments and we all have those moments of disappointment. But have you ever had a moment that didn't stay as a moment? Ever have a moment of disappointment that started to gain momentum? And instead of just ruining the moment, it ruined the day, or the week, or the year. Sometimes disappointments are not just passing things. Sometimes they stick around. And when they stick around, it doesn't just stay as disappointment. It grows into all kinds of other negative emotions. And they're things that end up weighing us down as we travel through life. Today, I want to talk to you about the burden of disappointment. Why you need to treat it before it gets too late. And how you can treat it even if it is too late. Because God has something better for you it's part of our series as you see all of the decorations behind me uh, that we're talking about how to travel light I want to give credit to Max Lucado Uh, he wrote the book traveling light that we're basing this talk off of it's a great book if you don't have it I highly recommend it in fact next week when we do our drawing for the grand prize of the suitcases we're going to have several uh, secondary prizes and we'll give out some free copies of the book because I think it's just that good Uh, but Max pointed something out that most of us walk through life with emotional and spiritual burdens they're heavy things and they're things that honestly we're not strong enough to carry They're things that we weren't designed to go through life with. Things like grief that sticks around. Things like self-reliance and arrogance. uh, Things like hopelessness. 
And if we bring those things to God, he will help us to hand them off so that we take on the lightweight burden of serving him first. When we do that, we're able to travel through life as he guides us. And we've been looking at Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We've been following that kind of as our guide as we look through the way that God guides us through life and the things that he uh, brings us through. And I want to continue that thought as we look at the burden of disappointment because disappointment is unique. It's not disappointment itself that's so heavy for you. Most of the time when they kill off your favorite character on the show, you get better and you know later on the next day you're fine, you go to work, everything's fine. Disappointment itself is not the problem. The problem is this, and write this down if you got fill in the blank notes, that disappointment is a wound that's easily infected. Disappointment is a wound that's easily infected. It, it's like a paper cut. Okay? Most of the time, paper cuts are fine. I get paper cuts all the time. I kind of hate paper because of it. Stupid trees, right? The real reason that we're doing everything online is because... No, just, just kidding. Uh, I just think online's easier. Okay? Paper cut most of the time is fine. But a paper cut can become a huge problem if it gets infected. Uh, we, we have a, uh, a, a bottle of rubbing alcohol in my house. The kids all know where it is and they all hate it and they all try to hide it because whenever they get scrapes or cuts and they come inside, they all know that this is coming. Before we put the Band-Aid on, we need to clean the wound so it doesn't get infected. And it's a lot of pain in the moment, but it's a lot better than infection. Well, sometimes... Disappointment doesn't stay just as disappointment. Sometimes that moment starts to capture momentum and it grows into something worse. Write this down in your notes. Sometimes disappointment becomes disillusionment. Because there are a lot of things we're disappointed about. But sometimes when we say, this is not how I thought things would turn out, it becomes something worse. It, it's, okay, if you've ever been looking back at the wreckage of a relationship that you thought was going to last your entire life. And you said, wow, this, I'm looking over the table at divorce papers, this is not how I thought this would turn out. I'm here crying myself to sleep because I thought this guy was the one and he didn't think the same and now he's off doing something else and I'm here trying to start over and is it too late for me to start over? And you have these thoughts and very easily it can go from, wow, that stinks to, who's I kidding? I don't, I, I can't have a healthy marriage. I, I, I'm not lovable like that. I'm the problem. It's easy to look at things that we're disappointed about and say, who is I kidding? I'm never going to make the team. I, I'm never going to be able to get enough scholarships to go to college. I can't afford that. What was I even thinking? Sometimes disillusionment grows out of our disappointment. And we end up progressing further see it, it it's bad enough if it stops a disillusionment sometimes it does you feel bad about yourself I guess I am just a loser that's why nothing works out for me and then eventually you kind of get better but sometimes sometimes it doesn't get better 
Sometimes that infection, if you've ever had a wound that got a little bit red around it, you got a little nervous, and then two or three days later, it got better, okay? Sometimes it doesn't get better. And the natural progression from disappointment to disillusionment, it leads you to despondency. See, I'm a pastor. I use D three times in a row. You like the alliteration? We do that a lot. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe it helps a little bit. Anyway, sometimes you, you get these things and you get this thought in your head. Okay, who was I kidding? I'm on my fifth different career track and I'm on the bottom rung again. And if you get into that point of disappointment and you say, I guess I, I, I am a loser after all. I guess I'm just not a good employee. I guess nobody really wants to hire me. Then the natural progression is to become despondent and say, why even try? You ever been there? Why, why even go through the effort? It's just going to end up the same next time. Why go on another diet? The last five failed. I guess I'm just meant to be at this weight. I guess I'm just not meant to look like, I'm not meant to fit into these clothes again. I should just donate these because I'll never fit in these jeans again. Disappointment doesn't stay as disappointment. It gets infected and it gets worse and it creates different problems for us. Sometimes it's disillusionment. Sometimes it goes beyond that to despondency. And sometimes it grows even worse. And write this down. Sometimes disappointment becomes resentment. That one doesn't start with D, Pastor Chris. I know. Okay? You, this, inside a pastor's mind, I actually spent about five minutes thinking, is there a D word that I can shoehorn into the... No. Now you'll really remember it because it stands out. Okay? Sometimes, sometimes though, okay, many of you have been here. Sometimes you're disappointed about how things turned out. This is not how I thought things would turn out. Who was I kidding? I'm just a loser. Why even try? And then you go one step further and say, wait a minute. No, I'm a loser because my parents screwed me up. I'm a loser because my ex screwed me up. I I can't get ahead in life because those Democrats or those Republicans got elected. I can't figure things out because that pastor on the stage couldn't find four words to start with D. Now I don't remember the sermon. It's easy when you get disappointed and when that disappointment becomes infected, it's easy for that to create some anger inside of you, especially when disappointment is not just a moment, when it's a season, it becomes a a lifetime of disappointment. This is not how I thought things would turn out. When you look at your bank account, when you look at your 401k when, when you look at your face in the mirror and say, this is not how I thought things would turn out. It's easy to say, well, it's not really my fault. It's somebody else's fault. And you know who the easiest person to blame is? God. Because we sang, you turn graves into gardens, Lord. You turn bones into armies. And we have the prayer team here to pray because we believe you can fix it. And that belief that he can fix it makes us really cranky when he doesn't fix it. God, you could snap your fingers and everything would be better. I can't believe you didn't do that. Why am I serving you with my life if this is what I get out of it? That's a really toxic place. And some of you know what that feels like. It's easy 
for these things to become infected. And that infection, it tends to spread until your feelings of disillusionment and despondency and resentment aren't even about the disappointment anymore. It's just in general. I'm just resentful at life. I'm just mad. Some of you guys, some of you guys have a coworker that is just mad at life. You know who that person is. Some of you have a neighbor. You're like, man, what did I ever do? It's not even about you. They're just angry at life. They're just resentful at their lot in life. And it's just, it's a terrible place to be. And if you've been in that place, it's a heavy way to travel through life. And it can happen to the best of us. Let me, let me show you an example of one of the last people you would think would ever become disillusioned and despondent and resentful. I want to talk to you a little bit about John the Baptist. There are a lot of Johns. Whoop, that was dramatic. For those of you guys on the podcast, I just knocked my water over, but it's back. And I see Isaiah. I didn't even step out of the, the camera view there. Um, John the Baptist. There's a lot of different Johns in the Bible. Uh, John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. Uh, and uh, if you're not familiar with that, I'll just give you the short version. He, he was a pretty, like, out there, fringe character. He's the guy that you wonder, is he just a little bit crazy? Uh, he's a little extreme, but God used him to get a lot of attention about returning, returning to serving God so that when Jesus came on the scene, people were already looking for this Savior this Messiah who had been promised. John comes out and he devotes his life to telling people, get ready, the Savior is coming. John 1, 29, and we're going to read up through verse 37. We'll put it on the screens or you can follow along on the Bible app on your phone. Um, Bible says this, John saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one I was talking about. When I said, a man is coming after me who's far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. John said, I didn't recognize him as the Messiah, but listen to this, it's going to be important later. I have been baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. And when John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. John had something that not everybody has. And maybe you don't have this, but maybe you want this, and I believe that God will give this to you. John had a very clear idea of what God's mission for him was. Okay? Just like God spoke to John and Deborah and said, I have a job for you guys. I want you to go to the Dutch Caribbean and I want you to help them build buildings and I want you to show them my love in a different way than they're used to. John the Baptist had a very clear idea. He said, my whole life's purpose is to tell people the Messiah is coming, the Savior is coming. And then he sees Jesus and he says, that's the guy. And John's disciples left John and started following Jesus. Now you would think that might be disappointing to him. John was actually cool about it. And he was willing to step out of the spotlight when Jesus arrived. Listen to this, a couple chapters later. John 3, starting in 26. John's disciples came to him and they said, Rabbi, that's teacher, okay. They said, hey, the man that you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one that you identified as the Messiah, okay, just remember, again, John is the one that said, that Jesus, that's the guy. Okay, this is important. The one that you said is the Messiah, he's also baptizing people. 
And everyone is going to him instead of coming to us. Hey, that church on the other side of town, everyone keeps leaving them and they're going over to that, that other church that has the cool LED wall. We need an LED wall, right? It's, okay, it's a little bit of that. Hey, if the Lord happens to move on your heart to donate an LED wall, I just, okay, just listen to his voice, okay? I doubt it. Um, okay, there's a little opportunity for envy here. All of the people are hanging out with the new teacher instead of you, John. Aren't you upset? Verse 29, listen to this. John replied, I am filled with joy at his success. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. That actually rhymes. He should have made that a rap, like John the rapping guy. Okay, so even when the spotlight is turned away from him, he had a good attitude. He understood my role was to prepare, and the Messiah has come, a job accomplished. But then something happened that was one step too far for him. In his bombastic, abrasive, confrontational nature, he started criticizing the decisions of one of the governmental leaders. And uh, as you could understand, in that time, he got thrown into prison. Right? You start criticizing the guy in charge, he's like, oh, how about this? Go to jail. Right? Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Jail. Okay? And jail in that time was very different than it is today. Being in prison is never a happy thing. But at least in the United States, you get regular meals. You get an opportunity to exercise. You, you get an opportunity maybe to work on job skills. Prison in that part of the world in that time usually went something like this. I want you to just, just consider. Okay? It was almost always underground. There were usually no windows, no fresh air coming in. And uh, to make things more economical, they would put a bunch of prisoners just in one big room. And to make sure that they didn't mess with each other, they would chain them to the wall and chain them to each other. Um, the only way that you got food is if someone who knew you brought something for you to eat, which helps illustrate when Jesus said, I was, I was in prison and you didn't visit me. You remember when some of you guys, when he said that? Okay, That's because if someone didn't visit you and you're in jail, you might starve. It was miserable. And most of the time, we don't know for sure of John, most of the time, before they threw you into the pit, they would strip you naked and beat you just to kind of put you down and get you in a submissive mood. Then they throw you into the pit, chain you to the wall and next to your neighbor. There's no potty break. There's no sanitation system. So, so imagine, okay, just close your eyes for a minute. Imagine that you've devoted your life to telling people the Savior is coming. You've devoted your life to being risky and and clashing with the people in charge because God gave you a mission. And instead of you being side by side with the Savior as he's preaching to thousands, you are locked. I mean, just, just smell, okay? Think about this. Imagine the smell by about day three or four with a dozen or so people in an underground room with no fresh air and nowhere to use the bathroom, but right there. Imagine the smell. And all of this time to yourself with nothing going on but thinking through 
Really, God? This? I am confident that there was a moment there, or many moments, where John said, this is not how I thought things would turn out. And for even someone as locked in with the Holy Spirit as John was, that disappointment, it got infected. Matthew 11, verses 2 and 3. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of Christ, okay, by the way, Jesus is going around with huge crowds following him. He's having really nice meals with really wealthy people. He's got folks coming and pushing through the crowd just to touch the hem of his garment so they could be healed. Jesus is a superstar. When John heard about it, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? Let me translate. He says, I want you guys to go and ask Jesus, Are you actually the Savior or not? Consider, not too long ago, John's the one banging the drum for Jesus and saying, this is the guy, this is the Savior, this is the Messiah. Of all of the people that you would not expect to become disillusioned and say, I don't even know if you're the guy anymore. Wow. That's the power of disappointment that, that grows and festers and, and, and becomes toxic inside of you. It's a shocking statement, but it's a relatable one. Because let me tell you, if, if I devoted my life to working full-time for the church, and, and I, you know, I'd say, well, I could have done all of these things. I could have gone to these universities. No, I'm going to put all my work into this. I'm going to do all this for the Lord. I'm going to do this for you. And I end up in a pit chained with a bunch of stinky, mess-ridden people, and I'm wounded and sore all over, and and. I think I could have a moment where I say, God, what are you doing? Are you even out there? Do you even see what's going on in here? He's disappointed. And he got into a really bad place, but I want you to see something important. He, when he got to that place, he handled it the right way. He said, he did, he did. Because rather than wallowing in that, he brought his disappointment to God. Write this down in your notes. When you get disappointment in your life and it doesn't just pass and it doesn't just float away, you need to bring your disappointments to God. Because he's the only one who can help you climb out. We've been looking at Psalm 23 and all of these illustrations of God as our shepherd. All of these different verses. And there's one that I've passed over before, and I love that Max pointed this out in the chapter in his book. Psalm 23, 5, you anoint my head with oil. Now, when I think of David, I remember that time when David was a teenager, and the prophet Samuel came to his house, and he pours the oil over his head, and that to signify, you are the next chosen one to be king of the country. I think of that anointing my head with oil. I think it's certainly possible that David is referring to that in his own life. But he's not, the whole symbolism of the psalm is not about David as a human. It's about David as a sheep and God as a shepherd. 
What I didn't realize, this is cool, is that it's normal for shepherds to travel as they're, as they're grazing with the sheep, to travel with a stockpile of oil because when the sheep would inevitably get wounded, they would apply oil topically to the wound. And they didn't have germ theory, you know, back in um, 1000 BC or whenever he wrote this. Um, but they did understand that if you put oil on the wound, it tends to heal better. What we understand now is that a lot of different oils naturally derived have powerful antibacterial qualities. Some of the best antibacterial treatments to a surface wound still today are naturally derived oils that you put on something. And so this idea of the shepherd anointing the head of a sheep with oil is not saying you have been chosen to be the leader of the sheep. <laughs> right? Nothing to do with that has everything to do with preventing a small wound from becoming a life-threatening infection. And just like my children hate to tell me, we just had this the other day, they hate to tell me when they get a scrape or a cut because they know that dad, Royal Ranger guy, is going to make sure to wash the wound and treat the wound before mom comes in and gently bandages it and puts the stuff. Right? They know. Like, let's just try to do it when dad's at work. Okay? But the only way, if, you're, if you have a wound, sheep can't treat their own wound. The only way is to come to the shepherd with the wound. And when you have a disappointment that, that doesn't pass in a moment, you have a moment that lingers, you have a moment that gathers momentum, and you can't fix it, the only way to heal is to bring that to the shepherd. You've got to bring that to God and write this down. You have to be honest about your feelings with God and with yourself. There's a danger for people who grow up in church like I did. I'm a pastor's kid. I know all of the things that you're supposed to say. I know all the things you're supposed to feel. And I have a problem, guys, with being honest with myself when I feel something that I know is not the right feeling. When I have an attitude that I know is bad, I have a tendency to say, I don't feel that. I'm not upset. I'm not disappointed. But you got to be honest with yourself. You have to be honest with God. You say, well, Chris, isn't that disrespectful to say, God, why did you do this? Here's what I see. Every time in the Bible that someone says, God, why? He responds with correction, but he, he, doesn't, he doesn't kick someone in the face and say, Psh, you're out. Okay? God, God has... Shoulders that are strong enough for you to pound your fist again every once in a while and say, why are you doing this? Because you're his child. I want you to see how Jesus responds as the band comes back up because the way that Jesus responds tells us a lot about how we should respond when disappointment sticks around. So Matthew chapter 11, verse 4. So right after the guys come to Jesus. John told us to ask you, are you even the Messiah or not? Jesus says this. Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up and the poor have good news preached to them. He says, 
Go show him what's actually happening. Go show him the fruit that's coming out of this, out of this partnership. And then he says, verse 6, And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. He recognizes There's a wound here that's become infected. There was a time when John was perfectly unoffended by Christ. Oh, that that guy's getting all the attention. He says, good. That's where it belongs. It's my life's mission. And now he's saying, I don't even know if you're the guy anymore. And Jesus recognizes that. And rather rather than issue threats, rather than say, anyone who questions me is not worthy of me, he says, go back and tell John, the fruit is here. And blessed is the one who's not offended by me. And what Jesus does in that moment is what he wants to do for you. And it's what I believe that God will do for you when you bring your disappointments to him. He helps John to zoom out and refocus on the bigger picture. Write that down in your notes. When that wound gets infected, you need to refocus on the bigger picture. You guys can go ahead and play. You need to refocus on things. You have to zoom out. Because that moment, what happens is that moment was a moment. That moment when you realize, you say, Pastor Chris, you keep saying moment. Some of these things, I understand. Some of these are not momentary things or else they would never become life-altering disappointments for you. But as that wound gets infected, what happens is that one piece of your life, that one aspect that one season of your life it becomes larger and larger and larger until that's the only part of your life that you seem to be able to see anymore and when John became disillusioned and he he brought that to Jesus and said I am I don't even know if you're the guy anymore Jesus' response back to John was John Look at the fruit of what you've done. That thing you said your life was committed to, that thing that you said, I live so that people can see the Messiah. John, it worked. All the time that you sacrificed for me, it wasn't for nothing. It worked. All of those things that you dreamed about that would happen, they're happening. Zoom out. This moment of disappointment stinks, but zoom out. There's more to the story than this. There's so much good from the hard work that you've invested. Look at the fruit. And then he says, and there's a potential. Don't miss this. Even locked in a prison, there's a potential in your future, John, for blessing. You still have agency tied to a post. You still get to choose. You still get to act. There's blessing for the one who is not offended by me. Jesus is saying, John, it's up to you. This is hard right now. I know. But look at the fruit. Look at the results of your work. And don't give up now. Because there's blessing ahead for you. If you will navigate this. you what are the disappointments in your life what are the disappointments that last longer 
than a moment. I started with fun ones and easy ones, but I realized sometimes that disappointment is serious. Some of you, some of you know what it's like to say, I thought we would get more time with Dad. This is not how I thought things would turn out. Some of you are ready to give up on life because you failed at that. Whatever you're trying again and again and you say, I I didn't see myself as 45 years old and still a failure. What am I doing? Maybe I should just quit everything. Some of you look around the living room and the holidays come around there's a seat missing there's an empty seat it breaks your heart this is not how I thought Christmas was going to turn out this is not how I thought my story was this is not how I thought things would go and it breaks your heart and it's it's a wound what are the disappointments for you John responded. That's the last correspondence that's recorded in Scripture from John. His story did not end well on this earth. The guy who put him in prison eventually had him executed. But here's what I suspect. I suspect that he heard the words of Jesus broke down and wept for a totally different reason and I suspect in that prison talking to his disciples he said guys I'm sorry he's the Messiah it was me Lord whatever you need from me I'm here why do you suspect that Chris because Andrew was one of his disciples and Andrew not only stayed faithful to Jesus the Messiah he himself was willing to die rather than rather than say that Jesus was not who he said he was. Because there was this guy named Apollos who ended up being one of the greatest evangelists the world has ever seen. And Apollos was not a disciple of Jesus. He was a disciple of John. And if John had said, forget it, he's not the guy. You guys are with He never would have done that. Most theologians believe, and I agree with them, that the guy who wrote the Gospel of John, one of Jesus' closest friends, was also John the Baptist's disciple. And if John, if that infected wound had stayed infected, he would have turned those guys against the Savior. Instead, they became some of Jesus' most ardent supporters. But if he hadn't reached out he hadn't come directly to the source with that wound if he had just stayed and kept to himself in that dungeon I think he would have become more and more resentful until it ruined not only him but the people around him don't let that be you God God's heart breaks for the things that break your heart and I know some of the disappointments that you face in life are overwhelming there's no 
microwave version to just feel good about that. I, I don't mean to say that there is. But I believe this with all of my heart, that if you come to the shepherd with those disappointments, and you allow him to help you to zoom out, you will see that your life is so life is more than the marriage that you thought would work and didn't. Your life is more than the university that you get into or the job apprenticeship that you line up. Your life is more than the small business you kept trying to open. Your life is more than what you look like in the mirror. Your life is more than the bank account. It's more than the broken relationships with your adult children. It's more than the loved ones you thought you'd have more time and they're gone. It's more those things in heaven but I hope someday when I'm there with the Lord I hope someday to be able to go and talk to this guy John and say you are the man good job so proud of you there's blessing so don't let your disappointment become infected bring it to the shepherd you can travel light hey this is Pastor Chris again thanks for listening today's talk was helpful in your spiritual life, odds are there's someone you know who could benefit from it. Take a minute right now to share it with them. And if you live in the area, come try out a service in person because church is more fun with friends. See you next time.